This morning marks the beginning of the season of Advent. In the Christian tradition, Advent is the beginning of the church year, recognising the transforming power of God in the world, looking forward to the birth of Jesus and celebrating spiritual light in all its many forms. We know that many traditions have their own festivals of light in these darkening months as the days get ever shorter. So every week until Christmas, we will light a new candle on our Advent wreath, this circle of evergreens, along with each of the preceding candles as the weeks go on. The flame of each new candle reminds us that something is happening now, but something more is still to come. The light of Advent grows brighter and brighter, guiding us towards personal peace, shared joy and more love. So this morning we light our first Advent candle as a symbol of hope and expectation. May we dare to open the shadowy places in our lives and our memories to the healing light of community. With the creative power of hope, we express our longing for peace and we prepare our hearts to be transformed. Mm -hmm. 
with the lighting of our first Advent candle with these words from Megan Visser. We welcome all those who have gathered this morning for our Sunday service. Welcome to those who are here at Essex Church in person and to those who are joining us via Zoom from far and wide. Whoever you are, however you are, wherever you are, whether it's your first time with us today or whether you've been coming here for decades, we're very glad to see you. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name's Jane Blackall. I'm ministry coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. I hope you all find something of what you most need this morning, a little comfort, a little inspiration, perhaps. Today's service is titled Be Prepared, a topic chosen specially for this first Sunday in Advent, which is traditionally meant to be a season of preparation. And I'm not especially thinking about the material preparations we might have to do over the next few weeks to get ready for Christmas festivities. It's supposed to be a time of spiritual preparation. But what might that mean for us? Well, I was rather taken with this description of Advent by a Christian writer called Mark Burroughs. He said, Advent is a season of rebirth. It's not simply a backward looking celebration of ancient history, but rather a period of spiritual preparation when we ready ourselves for Christ's birth in us. This season proclaims the coming of God in our lives here and now. Advent celebrates a new beginning, not simply in a manger long ago and far away, but in the realities of our daily lives. God longs to be born among us in our world and in your life. Now, even if that Christian language doesn't especially resonate with you, I hope we can all take some inspiration from the notion of being ready to discover that of God in the world around us and in ourselves as well. In the coming hour, we will reflect on the inner spiritual preparation that we might do in order to detect God's presence, however we understand that term, God's presence breaking through in the run of our everyday lives. How might we make time and space for life's unexpected mysteries and gifts in this Advent season? Or we might start by consciously taking a moment to settle ourselves. Let's be here now. Perhaps take a conscious breath or two. We make this hour sacred with our presence and intention. I'm going to light our chalice flame too. That's a simple ritual that we do each week together. It connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. And it reminds us of the proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part. By the light of this chalice, we prepare for the future. We prepare ourselves for the times of triumph and the times of trial that might come. We prepare ourselves to be present to one another with loving hearts, even in the most difficult of times. We prepare ourselves to make the connections that will lead us out of isolation and prepare the path of justice, equality and peace. So let's sing together now. Our first hymn is a traditional Advent hymn, People Look East. It's on your little hymn sheet uh, for those in the building and for those on Zoom. The words will be up on your screen. Feel free to stand or sit as you prefer and sing up if you can. People Look East. 
Let's take those joys and concerns, both spoken and unspoken, into a time of prayer and reflection now. This prayer is based on some words by Victoria Weinstein. You might want to shift your position to get more comfortable. You might want to close your eyes or soften your gaze. Perhaps there's a posture that helps you to feel more prayerful. Whatever works for you, whatever helps you to get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together now. Let's be fully present in this sacred time and space with ourselves, each other, and that which lies within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being, we turn our full attention to you, the light within and without. We tune into the depths of this life and the greater wisdom to which and through which we are also intimately connected. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the silence and the stillness at the very centre of our being. This Advent season, as we prepare for the holy to show up in our lives, let us affirm Divinity is our birthright. God nods to God from behind each of us. But let us remember that divinity lies behind our failures and our follies too. So this morning, let us pray that we may notice and accept the divinity of tiny things. The divine of ordinary miracles and even in the awkward mistakes in frivolous conversation with our friends, in wordless companionship with loved ones, in the work that seems quite futile one day, but resonates with meaning the next, in the shared meal and the shopping list, in the peaceful night's sleep and the simple procession of the days, We pray this moment to keep tender vigil over our precious, imperfect lives. To know each one a vessel, however cracked or broken, of the holy. So may we strive to recognise the indwelling presence of God in all people, all living things, and in ourselves. And in that spirit, let us take some time now to pray inwardly the prayers of our own hearts, calling to mind all those souls who we know to be suffering this day, whether close to home or in sites around the world where violence, injustice and hardship are causing harm. Let us pray for transformation as we hold all of these sacred beings in the light of love.
And let us also pray for ourselves and our own private needs. For we too are sacred beings who face our own daily struggles and opportunities as we each muddle through life's ups and downs. Let's take a few moments more to reflect on our own lives and inwardly ask for what we most need and desire this day. Comfort or courage or guidance, perhaps. What we need to help us face the week to come. And let us take just a little longer to remember the good things in life and give thanks for them. Those moments in this past week where we've encountered kindness, beauty, pleasure or fun. Let us cultivate a spirit of gratitude as we recall all those moments that lift our spirits. Spirit of life, God of all love. As this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness. And we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward now to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Time to sing together once again. Our next hymn is one we don't sing that often. Might be a bit of a challenge, but let's give it a go. Uh, it's number 30 in the Purple Hymn Book. Each seeking faith is seeking light. Um, and for those joining via Zoom, the words will be on your screen. Um, I've asked Peter to play it. Oh, I haven't, but I'm going to ask Peter to play it through once before we sing it. <laughs> Uh, feel free to stand or sit and yeah, let's give it our best shot. Each seeking faith is seeking life.
The Chalice of Our Being by Richard S. Gilbert. This meditation by Unitarian Universalist minister Richard S. Gilbert is prefaced with a quote from Dag Hammarskjöld, former Secretary General of the United Nations. Each morning, we must hold out the chalice of our being to receive, to carry, and give back. Each morning, we hold out our chalice of being to be filled with the graces of life that abound, air to breathe, food to eat, companions to love, beauty to behold, art to cherish, causes to serve. They come in ritual procession, these gifts of life. Whether we deserve them, we cannot know or say, for they are poured out for us. Our task is to hold steady the chalice of our being. We carry the chalice with us as we go, either meandering aimlessly or with destination in our eye. We share its abundance if we have any sense, reminding others as we remind ourselves of the contents of the chalice we don't deserve. Water from living streams fills it, if only we hold it out faithfully. We give back, if we can, something of ourselves, some love, some beauty, some grace, some gift. We give back in gratitude, if we can, something like what is poured into our chalice of being for those who abide with us and will follow. Each morning, we hold out the chalice of our being to receive, to carry, to give back. Thank you, Chloe. So we're moving into a time of meditation now. Um, I seem to be making a habit of this, but I found another brilliant poem by Mary Oliver, which is a perfect fit for our theme today. It's called Making the House Ready for the Lord. I've never seen this one before. Um, as you might expect from Mary Oliver, the, the title kind of tells its slant. Perhaps the poem will inspire you to remember some of the ways in which beauty and mystery have shown up in your life, whether you were ready or not. The poem will take us into a few minutes of shared stillness and silence, which will end with the sound of our bell. And then we're going to hear some lovely music from Abby and Peter. So again, let's each do what we need to do to feel comfortable. You might want to put down anything you don't need to be holding at this point. You might want to get your feet flat on the floor. Steady and ground yourself in whatever way you can. And as I always say, the words, the music, it's all just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. Making the House Ready for the Lord by Mary Oliver. Dear Lord, I have swept and I have washed, but still nothing is as shining as it should be for you. Under the sink, for example, is an uproar of mice. 
It is the season of their many children. What shall I do? And under the eaves and through the walls, the squirrels have gnawed their ragged entrances. It is the season when they need shelter. So what shall I do? And the raccoon limps into the kitchen and opens the cupboard where, while the dog snores, the cat hugs the pillow. What shall I do? Beautiful is the new snow falling in the yard and the fox who is staring boldly up the path to the door. And still I believe you will come, Lord. You will when I speak to the fox, the sparrow, the lost dog, the shivering sea goose. Know that really I am speaking to you whenever I say, as I do all morning and afternoon, come in, come in.
Open to Joy by Aaliyah Kemmler. This reading by Aaliyah Kemmler opens with an excerpt from Jan Richardson's Advent poem for Joy. You can prepare, but still it will come to you by surprise. Crossing through your doorway, calling your name in greeting, it will astonish you how wide your heart will open in welcome for the joy that finds you so ready and still so unprepared. Aaliyah Kemmler continues, years ago at just this time of year, my mother got lost in the North Shore Shopping Center. The department store where she got lost had gorgeous vaulted ceilings with huge skylights. My mother said the night sky was so beautiful, she kept looking up instead of in the direction of her two friends. This was before the time of mobile phones, so her friends, unable to find her and worried she had passed out or been abducted, had security put a call out for her over the Tenoy. She was rescued by security guards and all was well. My younger brother was mortified, but I loved this story and I still do. I love that the winter sky seen through the ceiling of a department store was so full of beauty and wonder to my mother that she got lost in it. In the church that I serve, we light the Advent wreath candles to help us remember we are in a time of waiting, waiting for hope, peace, joy, and love to get itself born into this world. By the time we light the third candle for joy, it often feels like bad timing. Stress levels have usually risen by the time we get that close to Christmas, along with that particular ache many of us feel at this season, a mixture of longing and loneliness, kind of like homesickness, but for a place we have never been. The old stories we retell at this time of year tell us something important about the nature of joy. That joy can break through like starlight or candlelight in the darkness, but that it is surrounded by the hard stuff of everyday life. Maybe that makes it all the more precious. The stories remind us there is still and always joy in this world and it is for everyone but it usually comes right alongside the struggle. Mary and Joseph make a long, tired journey to Bethlehem before the joy of the baby's birth. The winter solstice arrives in the midst of the deepest darkness. The joy comes alongside the waiting. It comes alongside the pain and fear and uncertainty and has nothing to do with ideal circumstances. Maybe all we can do is issue joy an open invitation and then start paying attention to how and where it shows up. We can be prepared for joy, expect it, and attune ourselves for its arrival. We may just discover that joy is already happening, smaller and quieter and braver than we realized. We may find joy is in the view of the night sky, the smell of coffee, the taste of an orange, the sound of the cello. This is a difficult season in a difficult year, but let us open ourselves to joy even so, 
In this time of Advent, prepare your heart and let joy find you, however and wherever you are. Thanks, Anna. So I wonder what comes to mind for you when you hear the phrase, be prepared. Personally, it makes me think, first of all, of the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts. Baden-Powell, the founder of the Scouts, wrote over 100 years ago that to be prepared means that you are always in a state of readiness in mind and body to do your duty. More recent versions of the Scouting Handbook say something like, Scouts should prepare themselves to become productive citizens and strong leaders and bring joy to other people. Uh, Baden-Powell wanted each scout to be ready in mind and body to meet with a strong heart, whatever challenges await him or her. And that's a pretty noble aspiration, to be ready in mind and body to meet with a strong heart, whatever might await us in life. Many of the writings you find about this Advent season include that phrase, prepare your heart. While doing my homework, I found dozens of Advent devotions with that in the title. But what does it mean to prepare your heart? What exactly are we meant to be preparing it for at this time of year? And how might we go about it? Well, one thing it's not is the preparation of the doomsday preppers and the survivalists, those people who are fanatically preparing for or possibly precipitating the imminent collapse of society, by stockpiling weapons, ammunition, and jars of preserved veg and tinned meat underneath their beds and in their outhouses. Though I'm not really in a position to judge on the latter because I panic bought a lot of tins of corned beef at the time that no deal Brexit seemed to be in the air and we're still eating our way through. That sort of behavior is preparing for the worst. And of course that has its place. If you're of an anxious disposition, one of the ways to soothe your fears about the future can be to put certain mitigations in place. An example, for my whole life, people have commented on the fact and occasionally rolled their eyes at me carrying a massive rucksack wherever I go. I won't leave the house without this heavy rucksack. People go to pick it up to move it and they go, what have you got in there? My mum was the same. She had a humongous handbag. But if you're ever in need of a plaster, a painkiller, a needle and thread, a charger, a cable, a lighter, or possibly a snack, the odds are pretty good that a rummage in my rucksack will turn it up. We can at least occasionally anticipate some of what life might throw at us and make contingency plans. Being prepared in this sense, ready for emergencies large or small, by thinking through various eventualities in advance. That is perfectly prudent, and I am the last person on earth that's going to knock that. But the sort of preparation we're called to do in this Advent season is in a way the polar opposite. Instead of preparing for the worst, at this time of year, we are called to prepare for the best. This next point might sound like a bit of a random tangent, but bear with me, it does all join up. I expect many of you are familiar with the now famous psychology experiment, which has come to be known as the invisible gorilla. Participants in this study were asked to watch a video in which two basketball teams, one wearing white and one wearing black, were passing a ball to each other. And the experiment participants are asked to watch this video and count how many times the players in white pass the ball to each other. 
So they've been primed to have a very no, narrow focus on this aspect of video in particular. Midway through the video, a gorilla walks through the game, stands in the middle of the court, pounds his chest, then exits stage left. He's on screen for a full 10 seconds. After the study, they asked the participants, did you see the gorilla? More than half of them never saw the gorilla. The experiment is meant to show inattentional blindness. We don't see what we're not looking for, even when it's a massive gorilla staring us in the face. Why does this matter in this season of Advent? Well, I reckon, at least in part, this season is about consciously redirecting our attention towards the most important things in life to be ready for them so they don't just pass us by like an invisible gorilla. When times are tough, as they are for so many people now the world over, we can find ourselves grimly fixated on life's challenges and disappointments and simple, simply unable to notice the good that's still going on in our lives alongside all the hardship and the struggle. So what would the world look like if we were to prepare our hearts to attune to life's goodness instead? Think of our first hymn today, People Look East, with its imagery of looking to the horizon in a hopeful spirit for what's coming, light and love and beauty, and making a place ready for its arrival. Or the reading we heard from Chloe, Richard S. Gilbert saying about holding out the chalice of our being, ready to be filled with the graces of life that abound. Or Mary Oliver's image of making the house ready for the Lord, only as she hints the Lord shows up in the form of mice and squirrels and dogs and sparrows and foxes. And she welcomes them all. These are all metaphors of openness and receptivity to love and light and beauty. Come in, come in, Mary Oliver says. In this sense, to be prepared is to anticipate, to expect, to get ready and look east to the horizon for whatever unexpected arrivals might visit your life next with a hopeful and receptive heart. There are some words from Daphne Rose Kingham printed on the front of the order of service. And as usual, the whole service text is up on the website under sermons if you want to watch this at home. Daphne Rose Kingma said, to be available to the mystery means you are open, expectant, waiting, continually poised on tiptoe, prepared to be illumined. We could return to the more conventionally Christian framing of the season that I shared at the start of the service, the words of Mark Burroughs, which I realise might be a bit challenging for some of us if we don't like this sort of language. He says, this is a time where we ready ourselves for Christ's birth in us, the coming of God in our lives here and now in the realities of our daily lives. God longs to be born among us in the world and in your life. Even if you find that language a bit tricky, I encourage you to work on the inner translation and make your own meaning out of it. God or love or light or goodness or beauty or truth, if you prefer, God in all God's forms is already present and at work in our lives. During Advent, we are called to see it and to be it, to notice where God is already emerging in our everyday lives and to be ready to join in with all this Godding too. 
as the medieval mystic Meister Eckhart says in the other quote on the front of the order of service, above all else, then be prepared at all times for the gifts of God and be ready always for new ones. That God is a thousand times more ready to give than we are to receive. It's not a metaphor that Eckhart would have recognised, but you might even think of yourself as a little radio antenna or a satellite dish tuned in to God or love or light or goodness or beauty or truth, tuned in to all that in the everyday. And in that spirit, I want to issue a little challenge, an Advent project that you might join in with. Uh, for those of you who are here in person, there's a little yellow slip in your order of service. I'm happy to email this out to anyone that wants to who's watching at home, but essentially it's just a list of dates from now till Christmas. Every day this Advent, starting today, I encourage you to look out, look east, for moments when God is breaking through in your life. What I've written on here is moments of love, kindness, beauty, truth, peace, insight, mystery but feel free to adapt it to suit the particulars of your own theology and each day make a little note on this page or in a journal or on your phone um, if you want to take it further maybe take a photograph or a little video each day to represent your daily treasures i've called it an advent treasure hunt your daily treasures or god moments throughout the season of advent and if a bunch of us keep it up perhaps we can share some of our reflections or our photos a follow-up service in the new year, sharing all the treasures we've noticed this month. If you do give it a go, don't let it become burdensome. If you miss a day or two, you can always pick it up again without any guilt. No one's going to tell you off. But let us know how you get on. And to close, I'm going to invite you to join in setting an intention for the Advent season with some prayerful words, an echo of our prayer earlier from Victoria Weinstein. Let us pray that we may notice and accept the divinity of tiny things, the divine of ordinary miracles and even the awkward mistakes. We pray this moment to keep tender vigil over our precious, imperfect lives, to know each one as a vessel, however cracked or broken, of the holy. So may we strive to recognise the indwelling presence of God in all people, all living things, and even in ourselves. May it be so for the greater good of all. Amen. Time for our last hymn, a jolly one, The Spirit Lives to Set Us Free, also known as Walk in the Light. It's number 165 in the purple hymn books, and the words will be up on your screen. Sit or stand as you prefer. Walk in the light.
some announcements then. Um, thank you to Janine for tech hosting. Thank you for uh, Hannah and Maria in some combination for co-hosting. Thanks to Chloe and Hannah for reading, to Peter and Abby for playing for us. Um, for those who are at the church in person, Marianne will be serving coffee, tea, biscuits and carrot cake after the service. Um, thanks to Marianne, thanks to Liz for greeting. Please speak to Liz or Marianne if you can help out with the uh, coffee and greeting rotors because, you know, the more the merrier. There'll be virtual coffee time on Zoom after the service if you want to hang around for a chat. We've got various small group activities going on as usual. Coffee mornings online, half ten this Wednesday. There are still spaces for Heart and Soul this week on the theme of books. That's seven o'clock tonight or Friday online. Just let me know if you want to sign up for that. Next Sunday will be another hybrid service. There will be a special gift for congregation members at the service, whether you're in person or online. One way or another, we will get the special gift to you. So there's a bit of enticement. Um, the next in-person poetry group is on Wednesday the 7th. That's not this week, but the week after. Speak to Brian if you want to know more about that. Details of these activities and all the other things that we've got going on are in the Friday email and on the back of the printed order of service. To look a bit further ahead, our main carol service is going to be on Sunday 18th of December, and we'll have the quartet singing on that day, so it'll be a treat. Feel free to bring along family or friends who'd like a sing-along. There'll also be our traditional candlelit Christmas Eve service, five o'clock on the 24th, and Heidi is organising dinner across the road at the Mall Tavern after that, so get in touch with Heidi if you want her to book you a place. The Green Spirit Group are going to have a winter solstice gathering on the 21st of December. I don't think the timings have been quite confirmed yet, but let Sarah know if you're planning to come along to that. And looking even further ahead, I'm planning to offer a mini retreat on New Year's Eve online, 2 to 5 p.m., the chance to look back at the year just gone and look forward to 2023. Uh, get that in your diaries and I'll let you know more details nearer the time. The congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings. We encourage you to keep in touch and look after each other as best we can. I think that's everything. So just our closing words and closing music now. As you prepare to leave this sacred space, pack away a piece of this church in your heart. Wrap it carefully like a precious gem. Carry it with you through the joys and sorrows of your days and let its gentle glow strengthen you, warm you, remind you of all that is good and true until we gather here again in this home of love. Amen. Mm -hmm.